Our president has designated today as a national day of prayer, and uh, Governor Abbott, the governor of the great state of Texas, uh, designated uh, today as a state day of prayer. And so before we get into the message this morning, I wanted us to pray. And uh, we've been praying, uh, but uh, our, our president wanted us to pray, our governor wants us to pray uh, over the Gulf Coast and of Texas and Louisiana, and uh, I want us to be a part of that. So if you would just close your eyes, I'm going to pray. And we'll agree together. Father God, I come to you this morning. And Father, we thank you for the power of prayer. Father, I'm thankful that our president and our governor recognize the importance and the validity of prayer. Father, your word says that when the righteous rule, that the people rejoice. I'm thankful. Father, we pray over the Texas Gulf Coast. We pray over the Louisiana Gulf Coast. Father, we pray for our first responders, our highway patrolmen, the police, the firefighters, all the folks that are involved in that, that you strengthen them, you cover them, you protect them as they rescue and save people. Father, we pray for our fellow Texans. We pray for those in Louisiana. Father, many people who've literally lost everything. And that, Father God, you're moving. Your hand is on this situation and that there are supplies, there are going to be places for people to live, there's recovery, and that, Father God, we thank you for your grace on the Gulf Coast. We thank you for churches, for pastors, and that, God, you're moving by your mighty hand and by your grace. And, Father, we stand together with our president and with our governor, and thank you for the power of prayer. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Thank you all so much. I want to talk to you this morning about the promise of peace. The promise of peace. All right, if you're in the kingdom this morning, if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, one of the benefits of that, one of the promises of that is peace. Peace in your heart. Now, I'm not talking about world peace. I'm not talking about a peace that wars cease because Jesus himself said that there would always be wars and rumors of wars. Uh, The Bible says uh, in the Old Testament that outside of Jesus Christ, in other words, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, that the heart of man is wicked beyond measure, all right? Until Jesus comes and rules and reigns, there will always be wars and rumors of wars. He said so. So I don't mean that kind of peace, all right? I don't mean the kind of peace that John Lennon sang about in 1969, uh, give peace a chance, okay? Anybody know who John Lennon is, all right? Anybody besides the ball people, okay? Right? The Beatles, right? Uh, When Kurt and I were at the Jesus Chapel retreat in Riadosa, I asked the kids, how many of you had heard of Journey? Nobody raised their hand. And then I said, how many? I know, it's bad. How many of you have ever heard of ZZ Top? I mean, and nobody raised their hand. I mean, how can you live life without knowing LaGrange? I mean, I'm just sorry, okay? If you don't know what that is, look it up, okay? Then I asked them, how many of you have heard of the Beatles? And everybody raised their hands. Seriously, high school kids. And uh, I asked them, how do you know who the Beatles are? And they said, because they're iconic. Well, I'm not talking about the kind of peace that they offered. I'm talking about the peace of God. Listen to this. What I want to talk to you about this morning is peace that money can't buy. Peace that's priceless. Peace beyond trial and trouble. Peace beyond you, your family, your community, or your nation. Now, you and I both know If you have peace this morning in your heart and in your mind, it absolutely is priceless. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. I want to read a verse to you in Isaiah 9-6. 
This is a prophetic promise from the Old Testament that was written several hundred years before Jesus was born. And we, we read this at Christmas time. We'll probably read it this Christmas. But it's about the coming of Jesus. And, and it's a description of him. And I'm going to read it to you this morning. It's in Isaiah 9-6. Listen to what it says. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Okay, one of the things about Jesus is when he comes, he's a Prince of Peace. So if you know Christ as your Savior this morning, one of the benefits of that relationship is that you can have peace. Now, it seems like as people, if we're not careful, it's almost second nature to worry. Wouldn't you agree? Okay, we can have worries and we can have fears, and it can almost be second nature. Probably everybody in this room, have you had a family member in your life, you know, maybe Meemaw, you know, man, Meemaw worries all the time. That's what she does. I mean, she always worries, or maybe you've had a cousin that's been that way or an aunt that's been that way. I can remember one of my grandmothers when I was growing up. She was always worried. She was always bothered by things, and it can almost be by second nature. Now, here's the thing about worry. It's like being in a rocking chair. There's lots of movement, but you don't ever go anywhere. Okay, here's what worry does to you. It uses up your energy, but it doesn't help you get anywhere. It can burn your energy. It causes stress, and it can even make you sick. All right, one of the number one reasons that people go to the doctor today is over anxiety-related issues. Anxiety, lots and lots of people go to the doctor who have, have issues with anxiety. They're worried. They're afraid. All right? Now, 60 million prescriptions were written in America this last year for tranquilizers. Now, let me say that again. 60 million prescriptions for people going to the doctor who have worries and who have fears. Now, listen, I'm not saying don't go to the doctor because there's good medication and there's good doctors who can help you and who will help you and people can find relief. I'm not saying don't do that. Well, all I want you to see this morning is folks have issues. Man, people are afraid. People are worried. The USA Today newspaper did a survey of uh, people's fears. They did a survey of what people fear the most. And I, want, I don't have the whole list, but I want to read some of them to you. They're not funny, but they kind of are. Okay, the first thing that they said people are afraid of is for the government that it's corrupt. Okay, that big brother's watching you. People have a fear of the government being corrupt. All right, the second thing people fear are terrorist attacks. And terrorist attacks are real. And whenever they happen anywhere in the world, typically we hear it on the news. Sometimes minutes, you know, even before the debris is cleaned up, we hear about it. All right, here's another one. People have fear of economic collapse. Now, not personal, but like in the government, in our, in our country, that there's going to be economic collapse. Have you seen those commercials on TV where they say, hey, you need to buy gold and silver, right, to, to hedge up so in case there's economic collapse, you'll have some gold. All right, the next one is personal failure. People have a fear of personal failure. Now, ladies, listen to me. Ladies, if you have a husband or you have a boyfriend or you have a son, one of a man's number one fears in life is the fear of failure. Seriously. Okay, men would rather face physical death than face failure. When men fail, it's, it's really hard on them, so it's a genuine fear. Okay, the next one is the fear of your loved ones either getting sick or being sick or passing away. And I know many of you in this room have faced that. You've been through it and you've dealt with it. I'm, I'm dealing with it. 
I'm dealing with the death of my brother. And we have those fears in our life where we're worried that something's going to happen to somebody. Or a fear, you know, like when your kids don't come home on time from curfew or they're out doing something and you don't know where they are, you can have fear and worry. All right, then here's the last one, that you won't have enough money for the future. All right, you won't have, now this can be retirement, that you're not going to have enough to retire on, or that you're even not going to have enough just, you know, hey, we're not going to have enough money for next month, or we're not going to have enough money for Christmas. It's a real fear. Okay, now here's what I want to do this morning. Lots and lots of folks are on the highway of fear and worry, Okay. Lots of folks are professional worriers. You, there may be some of you in here this morning. You worry all the time. Well, I'm going to show you this morning how to take the exit off the highway of fear and worry and take the peace exit, and I'm going to show you what God's promises say. I'm going to show you some very simple things that you can begin to do even today that will help you move out of fear, move out of worry, and move into peace. Now, did you notice that the common theme and the things that I just read to you are things you have no control over? Have you ever noticed the things that we can worry about the most are the things that you have? Listen, I have no control over the government. I have no control over terrorists or economic collapse. I have, I have no control over the future, but we worry about those things. Hey, I have no control over physical conditions, but we worry. All right, let me read you a promise this morning and show you something amazing. I want you to look with me at Isaiah 41.10. Now, this is one of my favorite personal verses. I have this on a card, and in my devotional time, I read it every morning. I've read it so many times, I have it memorized. Two weeks ago in church, I quoted this verse in church. Listen to what it says. It says, fear not, for I'm with you. Now, God is speaking. Fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed. I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, I could not read any other verses this morning. In the time that we have together here this morning, I could preach the entire time on that verse. And I have some more verses I want to give you, so I'm not going to do that. But I want to show you some very powerful, simple truths in this verse. I love the very first thing God says to you and to me. And he says this, hey, don't be afraid. Okay, now notice it. He says, fear not. Why? Because I'm with you. Listen, Jesus said what? He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, the Bible says nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from his presence. So God assures you right here in this verse, hey, you don't have to be afraid. Number one, why? Well, because I'm with you. Now listen, you have a father who loves you. The Bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And where he lives, the pavement's made of gold. He can take care of you. Amen? You know, I love in the morning. I'm an early riser and I like to get up early in the morning. And when I get up early, I like to go outside. Now, I don't stay outside. In the summertime, I do a lot of times. But I like to go outside before the dawn and look at the stars. I love looking at the stars in the morning. And I'll go out on my driveway, and I'm in my PJ. So if you drive by, don't take any pictures, okay? So I, I'm, and my PJs are okay. So I'm outside of my driveway. It's dark, okay? And I've got my coffee, and I'm doing this. And I'm look, I love looking at the stars. And in the morning, you can see the little dipper, and you can see planets. And if I'm lucky... I'll see a satellite go by. Have y'all ever done that? Where you go out? Yeah. You, and I, it, I don't know what it is about that, but it's amazing. And I, I'm leaning back, you know, kind of keeping my balance. And then I, if you look at it, you'll, you'll see a satellite go by. I think that's amazing. Now, here's what that does for me. 
it helps me realize that my father God is big and that he can take care of me and that I'm okay and that I don't have to be afraid because he's with me. All right, the next thing, listen to what it says. Can you put that back up for me? He says, don't be dismayed or don't worry. Why? Because I'm your God. Then he says, I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. How many of you like to have help from God? Yeah, God promises to help you. Then I love this. He says, I'll hold you in my righteous right hand. Now, I don't know about you, but I just love the thought of that, that God is holding me in his hand and he's taking care of me. Now, I could spend the rest of my time this morning on this verse, but I want to move on to another promise. Isn't that good? Man, I mean, we need to just go eat chicken right now, right? I mean, come on. Or beef or whatever. At my house, we're having chicken tetrazzini today. Yeah. Yeah, so are you coming over? Or are you having it at your house? Right. And the oven comes on. The oven's been on for nine minutes. Man, programs. But you don't want to hear about my lunch, do you? All right. I'm going to get in trouble. Okay. John 14, 27. Now, I want you to see the next promise. Look at this. Jesus is speaking. And Jesus says, peace I leave with you. Now, here's the context of this verse. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's getting ready to go to heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father. And he says, I'm leaving. But now when I leave, I'm going to leave you peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I love that. Not not the world's peace. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, don't miss this. This is John 14, and I want you to notice something that he says. He says the world doesn't have any peace. Now, another way to say that would be culture. Okay, you know that you and I live in an empire, don't you? See, Paul lived in the Roman Empire. You and I live in the American Empire, and within that empire is a culture. And the Bible says that the devil's the prince of this world, and he's involved in our culture. Now, he's not involved in our church. I believe he's not involved in your life because you know Christ. But our culture has no answers. Our culture has no peace. You would agree with me, wouldn't you? You can't go to the world. You can't turn on the television at night and find peace. Now, you might be entertained or you might go to a Christian station and find some, uh, but you're not going to find it in the world. But look what Jesus said. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. Now, at the beginning of John 14, here's what Jesus says. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you can be also. And he says, in my father's house are many mansions or homes. And if it were not so, I would have told you. Now, let me say something to you that I believe is really powerful. Sometimes one of the things that we do as Christians is we can lose loved ones to death. My brother died April 28th. And then one of the sad things sometimes is we're supposed to grieve. Grieving is healthy and normal, and you're supposed to grieve, and I have grieved. But here's what I know. My brother's fine. My brother's in heaven, and he has peace, and he has joy. The Bible says in God's presence is a fullness of joy. All right, I heard Joseph Prince. You may have heard of him. Maybe you haven't. But he said when you die, the two things you experience first is absolute peace and absolute life. Listen, my brother is absolutely alive, and he's absolutely filled with peace. And probably right now, he's cliff jumping into the river of life because that's the first thing I'm going to do when I get there. You're probably going to go to church. I'm going to the river of life. I'm playing. But what what am I trying to say? Well, I'm saying is this. Don't allow yourself to be tormented because of people that have passed away because you're going to see them again. 
And Jesus said, don't be troubled, don't worry, don't be afraid, don't be dismayed because I'm taking care of you. Amen? All right, I want to read you another promise. I'm going to go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3.15. Now, this is the New Living Translation, and I love this. It's, now, don't miss this. This is good. It says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. Go back to the first sentence. Now, don't miss this. You just read it, but I bet you you missed it. He says to let peace rule in your hearts. All right, you have to let it. Now, I want to ask you a question this morning. Over the last several days or weeks, or maybe even over the summer, what has been ruling in your heart? Now, I'm not talking about the blood pump. You know that. I'm talking about the real you on the inside of you. What has been your primary thought? What has been ruling you on the inside? Has it been fear? Are you worried about something? What, what's been ruling in your heart? Because the scripture says to let the peace that comes from Jesus Christ rule in your heart. You have to let it. Now, here's what we're going to do with the time I have left. I've already told you that you need to get off the highway of fear. You need to get off the highway of worry. And you need to take the peace exit. And I'm going to show you four very simple, practical things that you can do to move down the road of peace. And whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, you can have more peace in your life. Now, I want to make something very clear. God asks us to do things. Okay, and I'm going to show you some things that every one of you in this room can do. You can do them going out the door on the way to your car. This isn't hard. It's very simple and very easy. But nonetheless, God asks you. He says, hey, how many of you want peace? Well, there's probably not a hand that wouldn't go up. Okay, then God says, well, I'm going to show you some simple little things you can do that will put you on the road to peace. Now, don't miss this. You can wish for peace all day long, and it won't come. Isn't that true? You can hope for peace all day long and it won't come you can i know this sounds ridiculous but you can even worry for peace oh I, oh I wish i had some peace i'm just worried i don't have any peace and it won't come i want to show you very simply and very powerfully four simple things that god is asking you to do not pastor i'm going to go to philippians 4 and i'm going to read verse 6 and 7 out of the new living translation listen to what it says and then i'm going to go back and show you the promise he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, I know there's a lot in those two verses, but I'm going to show you four very simple things that your heavenly Father is asking you to do and if you will begin to do them, you will begin to walk down the road and you will have more peace in your heart and you will have more peace in your mind and you will have less fear and you will have less worry. And I don't know about you, but I want that. All right, let me show you the first thing he said. The first thing he said is don't worry about anything. Now, I know this is pretty complicated. Okay, I know. But I just want to ask you, what's everything? Does it leave it anything out? Okay, what did he say to do? He says, don't worry about anything. Now, he didn't say, hey, don't worry about anything except your bills. Hey, don't worry about anything except your job. Uh, don't worry about anything except your checkbook. 
Don't worry about anything except your health or your future. Did he say that? No, the very first thing he says is don't worry about anything. Now, I know there's people in the room right now, and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Pastor, I can't do that. <laughs> right? I can't do that. I worry all the time. I can't just to today to decide to not worry. Well, I've got good news. See, it's not doing this, but doing something else that'll help you. And here's the next thing he says. He says, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Now, don't miss this. I'm about to change your prayer life. Now, can I just say this without hurting your feelings? Some of you don't pray about anything, and you worry about everything. And the Bible says to not worry about anything, but pray about everything. Now, let me tell you a story. I know a couple of men several years ago who were working together, and one of them was an older, mature Christian, and one of them was a younger, baby Christian. And this young man was expressing to the older man, hey, I need to get a better job. And he said, well, hey, we'll pray. And this young man said, God doesn't care about that. God doesn't care if I get a better job. That's, he's not concerned about that. He's got bigger things to deal with. I mean, right now he's dealing with the hurricane aftermath, right? I mean, God's busy down in South Texas. He doesn't have time to worry about my little problems. Well, it's not true. Listen, the Scripture says for you and I to pray about everything. No matter how small you may think it is, no matter how big you think it is. Listen, when I'm praying this morning for the hurricane, I don't know about you, but mentally that kind of overwhelms me, right? God move on the hurricane. It's the entire Gulf Coast. I can't imagine. Can you imagine this morning if our entire town was underwater? The entire town. Every church, every house, every business. Our schools are blown away. Every, I, can't, I can't comprehend that. I can't imagine what it would be like to be facing that. So I'm a little overwhelmed. That prayer to me seems really, really big. But I know God can handle it. Amen? Now, he also can handle the small things. Now, don't miss this. I'm, this is very simple. The first thing God says is, hey, don't worry about anything. But instead, pray about everything. Then here's the third thing. He says, tell God what you need. Just tell him what you need. Everybody in this room has needs. I know you do. And just tell him what you need. Hey, I'm not going to worry. I'm going to pray about everything, and I'm going to tell God what I need. He's interested in what your needs are. Amen? All right, then the last thing is this. He says, thank him for all he's done. Now, don't miss this. Stop right where you are. Turn around in your life. Look at the road you've come down and be thankful. Father, I'm thankful for my marriage. Father, I'm thankful for my children. I'm thankful that they're Christians and that they love you. I'm thankful that my children are married and that their mates love you. I'm thankful for my granddaughter. I'm thankful for the great church that I'm a part of. I'm thankful for the great believers at Tulia Christian Fellowship that are an influence in my life. Father, I'm grateful. Are you with me? Do I need to keep going? I'm grateful that I live in Tulia, Texas. I'm grateful that Tulia is in Texas and not Oklahoma. Amen. And if you're from Oklahoma, I love you. Do I need to keep going? You know, sometimes we're not very thankful, and I'm guilty just like you are. Now, don't miss this this morning. This is simple, and it's practical. Stop wishing for peace. Stop, hope, stop hoping for peace and do what God says. There's four simple things that you can do. Number one, don't worry about anything. And when you feel pressured to worry, stop right what you're doing and pray. He says, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. 
Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then here's what will happen. It says you will experience peace. You will experience the promise of peace. Here's what I know. As you're walking through your daily life and you incorporate these four simple steps, you know what will happen? You'll wake up and recognize, oh, my gosh, I have more peace. I'm not as worried as I was. I'm not as fearful as I was. Let me read it to you out of the Word of God. It says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, I really want to keep this simple this morning. If you've been struggling with fear, if you've been struggling with worry, and see, your fears may be unfounded to me. Does that make sense? You know, when I was a kid, I'd be afraid at night. And Mario, I'd get out of bed, go into my mom's room, and, you know, needle down to my dad. You know, dad, dad. Yeah, yeah, thank you. You're, you're such a good guy. You're just like my dad. Okay, I'm going to pray for you. Dad, dad, I'm afraid. You know what he would say, right? Get out of here. Go get in bed. If anybody gets you, they'll let go of you when it gets daylight. That hurt, man. You're not that kind of dad, are you? Yeah, you are. I know you are. It hurts. Now, all I'm, why did I tell you that? Because he knew there was nothing to be afraid of, but sometimes I didn't know. My fears to him were unfounded. Okay, you may come up and tell me your fears, and I might think, well, that's ridiculous. Don't be afraid of that. But to you, it's real. All right, I know there are people in here, and you've had some fears in your life. I know there are people in here, and you've had some worries in your life. And I just want to encourage you this morning to begin to not worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And he will take care of you and you will experience peace. Amen? Listen, all of us can have fears. You know, since I've had heart surgery, every time I have an ache or a pain, I'm tempted to have fear. What is that? I wonder, wonder why that, you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking it's something bad, that there's something else wrong with me. And so instead of being afraid, instead of worrying, Father God, I'm not going to worry. I'm going to pray about everything. I'm going to tell you what I need. I'm going to thank you for saving my life already. And then I experience peace. And you can experience the very same thing. Would you bow your head and let me pray for you? Father God, I want to thank you this morning for this great group of people. Father, I'm so blessed to be a part of such a great church with such a great body of Christians. And Father God, I want your best for each person here this morning. And Father, I want to pray the simple truth of Philippians over their life. That Father, they'll begin to not worry about anything. Instead, they'll pray about everything. They will tell you what they need. And then they'll thank you for what you've done. And the result, Father, of those four simple steps is they will experience peace. Father, I pray peace over our minds. I pray peace over our hearts. That, Father God, we will stop worrying and start living. We'll stop being afraid and we'll start living. And that you are our Father, you're our help. Father, I want every person to leave this place this morning encouraged. Encouraged that you're at work in their life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said?
Amen. Would you all stand with me, please?